0: Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and I'm here with Joel. Man. I'm here with Jared. This week has been hot, hot, hot. I can't do it. It's hot, bro. 90s. I know, and it's, it's, the, it's the beginning of fall. It's, it's, it's the unofficial beginning of fall. Well, I mean, people call it the beginning of fall. And they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, most people are wrong most of the time. Right. Fall starts September 21st.
1: I know this because my birthday, for everyone who's listening, is September 17th. And I always loved having a late summer birthday and how it was technically yeah. still a tail summer and in, birthday.
0: Tail and end of fall. Right Not quite, you, man. Yep. Just squeaking it in, squeaking it in. It was Labor Day this weekend. Mm-hmm. You do anything fun or I interesting? Did. All
1: right, let me know about it. I took the boys on a whim to Chicago.
0: Oh, Chai Town. Yep, the nice. windy city. To was it windy? a Cubs game. Was it a little windy? It was not. It was just Hot. like it
1: was here. Yeah, ninety-five. Our seats were luckily in the shade. That's nice. So
0: how the Cubs play. Really well. Yeah. They good.
1: won five nothing. There was a home run.
0: Oh, that's sweet. It was it was
1: it's a you know, obviously smaller stadium, but all they fully restored it after the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. And so it it's just kind of feels like you went back in time time. You little, know?
0: Yeah, a little little just dated, but the colors like nice it's you know, you stated. got the steel
1: and the white, the green and the white. And it just it it just looks old. That's like cool. like it looks brand new, like it when it first came out. But it, the design is old.
0: Yeah, was that their first pro baseball game? Theirs? Yeah.
1: Yes. That's a cool experience. Yeah. There's it's funny kids are it's you know they like they just totally get raptured by it. Yeah. They they're like I think I'm gonna be a Cubs fan now. <laughs> Jet comes home, and he's like, I want
0: to watch the Cubs game tomorrow night. Yeah,
1: that's cool. And he didn't even care. He didn't even know. But now,
0: he's into it. So, it was really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I I stopped at Sheets and got a puppy over the weekend. Ah, uh, Is that it? What else? Yeah. we. Um, I mean, that's been our whole weekend is taking care of a puppy with little kids. Did you actually get a dog? Yeah, we got a dog. Really? Yeah, Australian Shepherd. Really? Mm-hmm. This weekend? This weekend. Oh my goodness. You did? Yeah. I didn't know this. It's a big deal. Oh yeah. How old is it? Uh, five months. So okay. it's, you know, it's got a couple, couple miles on it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's How's, uh, What is it? Is it a boy? It's a boy named Rico. Rico? Yeah.
1: Rico Suave? Yeah.
0: It's uh, I guess it's from the movie Madagascar or yeah. something like that. One of the penguins. Who named him? The kids, they took a vote. Yep, They had some crazy names picked out. Let's hear it. uh,
1: Sorry, I'm eating everybody. I'm almost done.
0: Like Michelangelo. um, Turtles. Yeah. Uh, My middle son has wanted to name everything Jackson forever. (laughs) So that was thrown in the mix. Uh Um, Names like Pippi and Chi Chi. I like Rico. Yeah, it's a it's a nice two syllable name. Yeah. That's like my max on pet names. Mm-hmm. If it's over two syllables, it's not. Yeah, a pet over two name. syllables is too much. Yeah. Now their official name
1: can be lots of syllables. Oh, for sure. Like my childhood dog was Max, but his official name was Maximilian Golden Blaze.
0: That's a name. Kovacs. That is a name. Who why, who why founded not? that? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember how that
1: came about. That's
0: that you'll remember that your entire life. Oh yeah. If your name was if his name was like Bob or something, there's no way you'd You'd ever forget Bob. Yeah.
1: Have you ever seen the movie What About Bob? Yeah. That's a good movie. Sorry, Bob.
0: (laughs) That is a good movie. Mm Hmm. Uh, I also on Labor Day outside the motorcycle track. Yes, everyone. Jared rides
1: motorcycles. If you don't know this, he loves. Was warm. Yeah. yeah, man. Must have been really warm. Yeah, full leathers. Cuz you just Cause, you can't afford not to have the full leathers, right? Yeah. Oh, well, they make you but they make you, you wouldn't want them or
0: you wouldn't not want them on anyways. So How fast did you go? Um, you get up to like 160. Do you get up to 160? Yeah. There's guys that get up to in the 180s.
1: How straight how how many um How long is the straight part?
0: Um I don't know the exact length, but it's probably about a mile. So, how long... Maybe a hair over. Can you stay at 160? I mean, you're on the throttle the entire time until you're braking. So, you're constantly getting faster until you start to... Oh,
1: so your bike can go a little faster than 160,
0: Um, in theory. Theory, yeah. Mine probably can't. But you... So, you come around the corner... And then you punch it. You just take off.
1: And then when you're at full throttle, what what's the what's the uh, what does it get you up to quick in terms of your speed? And then you start to climb slowly from there. How fast? Yeah, do you go you're right probably right-
0: coming out of the turn. This turn probably like it's Mid Ohio Raceway. So this um, particular turn, you're coming out probably at 60, and then you're just accelerating the whole way until. You're doing a real hard break. Take and, a turn. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's exhilarating. You should try it. I have no interest in that. <laughs> yeah, uh, some people do.
1: I know. It's funny. It's funny what we all think is interesting and enjoyable.
0: Yeah, some people like reading books. Right. No, that's
1: my wife. She literally, we were gone and she's just like reads her book. She's like, I got, she said to me, she got a Kindle. Oh, okay. For Christmas. Yeah.
0: Is it she had that one before. Looks like paper, little it, paper. You can like, read in the sun. Yeah,
1: that's cool. She got a Kindle and she had one before and she just loves to read. And she kind of was like, I need to read this year. Because she that was like a thing for her that was like a plus, like a bucket filler is just reading. Yeah. And... She's she you know she's like I finished my fifth, fifth book or whatever that's cool like not like in the past two months she's just been reading a ton.
0: That's a uh, really
1: affordable hobby. It is. It costs a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, that's the expense. I love to read <laughs> very little. <laughs> I feel
0: you. I like to ingest words yeah. through my ears.
1: No yeah I I listen to pod to podcasts yeah. and
0: audiobooks way more. That's the only way I can do it. And I don't and and
1: she reads for pleasure like she reads fiction. Oh, she re- yeah, she's Yeah, she's like, a she's like reading oh, for okay. fun. And I'm just like, are you serious? No way. Yeah. I
0: don't That's know. Not me. It doesn't seem that fun.
1: Yeah. But to each their own. I had a I had a learning disability as a kid. I had trouble reading. I was in the reading class. I was in a reading class. Reading has always just been really taxing for me.
0: Yeah. I thought it was like a special cool kids club. Yeah, that's how well, they build it.
1: Yeah, that's that's how they sell it. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I I knew. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> ah, me and that other guy that I thought was dumb is <laughs> in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. I guess
0: who's look who's talking now? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that brings us to our sponsor of the day. Yeah. Today's uh, sponsor of this episode is Thomas Edison. Wow, Hey, Joel, do you remember way back in the day when you used to have to light candles uh, to search around your room at night for your phone?
1: Court, of course. Yeah. Still have I still have wax on things from. Oh,
0: it's the worst. It got everywhere. You had to find a box of matches to light the candles. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find the matches because you didn't have a lit candle. It was just it was a bad time for all of us. That's where Thomas Edison comes in. He did. He uh, I don't know if you right if you know this or not, but he created the light bulb. Have you, you know, heard that?
1: I feel like that's technically untrue.
0: I mean, he created the first commercially okay. uh, viable light bulb. I feel
1: like someone else created it.
0: Yeah, he, most of his inventions weren't his own.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't that, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I just I remember. My son is so inter- jet in facts, and he knows all this little... He read every single one of those books, the Who Are They books.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. You
1: that's know, cool. the little history books. And I know he read one on Thomas Edison, and he was like, do you know he didn't even invent the light bulb? Yeah. I don't even know if that's true. He could have been talking about someone else, and I'm forgetting. I so someone can pause and go fact check. I think it's true. Yeah.
0: Um, but essentially what it is, it's a glass bulb that you screw into a hole, and it creates light. Wow. And um, rumor has it that he created the light bulb because he was afraid of the dark. Really? Yeah, that's. I think that's a fact. You can. Mm. You guys should fact check that too. Yeah. This week, Bryce spoke on the idea uh, that the prize is in the process. Yep. Um, I like when Bryce speaks because he always says something about being old, and he like just turned thirty. So it, he just it, can't help himself. I know, makes me chuckle. One of the main threads of his message is that oftentimes God works through waiting. And we find it difficult to trust God during these times of waiting. God created us. So he's obviously very aware of our desire for immediacy. So um, why do you think God chooses to work that way?
1: I think that it, it's the way it was always supposed to be and that we are just prone to not like the way um god does things and that's part of the the reality of of worshipping self and sin and and
0: so part of the fall
1: well yeah i would say part of the fall and and that i think that you know, when we play God, and we don't, we don't think we're playing God, but we want things, and we think we know what's best, and we're willing to do whatever we can to get it. We're we're we've missed the point of what God has in in front of us. Yeah. So, I don't think that when we're living for eternity and we're in our resurrected bodies on a remade heaven and earth, I don't think that we're going to be frustrated at the process. There was always going to be a process. Yeah. You know, God says to work the land. Yeah, for sure. You know, but he's like, you're going to grow, you know, you're going to grow food and you're going to work the land and there's going to be seasons and there's going to be the reality That we know now, but just without the broken pieces. And I think that we will, we will just be present and not impatient. So I think, I think we just have a hard time accepting reality. And that's why we're impatient. Yeah, I can see that. And I also think we're impatient because another part so i think our sin nature gives us a skewed vision of the reality and the nature of the process so we don't like the process but then i also think that the sin in the reality of brokenness in the world causes suffering and pain yeah for sure is is arguably like one of the most real things in the world if not the most real thing in the world, pain. Can't really argue away pain. Why do we have pain? It's very real. It's very, very universal. Humans all feel pain. So when there's pain, there's suffering. And when there's suffering, we want it to be over. And when it's not, that takes patience. Yeah. So we kind of experience suffering and we don't like it and then we don't like certain things and so we create suffering kind of comes in one door and out the other yeah and i just think that i think that it, i do think in christ you can the game can slow down you know football's about to start yeah and the buckeyes played this weekend and you saw the quarterback you could tell the game was just a little fast you know he he hadn't he hasn't had the live reps and the one play he like he quarterback keep and he like ran right into the, the de- defense and if he went right he would score a touchdown yeah. and i think in the second half you saw him just slow down a little bit and like the game when the game slows down you you know you can make better decisions and i think that as we grow in wisdom and we follow christ and we kind of <clears throat> It's almost like when you're in a movie, when you're watching a movie and you don't know what's going to happen and you're in the story, you're like sitting on the edge of your seat. Yeah. But then after you already have seen the movie, even though there's a tense part happening, you just enjoy the moment because you already know where the whole thing is going to go. And I think that when we grow, the game slows down. We, we we're like, this is it. This is life. This is what it is. A hundred percent right now. And we can live in it and not be, you know, the definition of anxiety, well, anxiety is what we feel in our bodies when we're, you know, really either consumed by something in the past or anticipating maybe negative or uncertainty or pain in the future. Yeah. And so we have the kind of this anxiety of like, what's going to happen and, it's very difficult to be in the moment. What's interesting is if we can really be in the moment, then uh, it's going to change everything. You know, because if you're in the moment today, really in the moment, then that means you've set up, you've done well because you're in the moment. So now when the next day comes, when you're thinking about the past, you were in the moment. So you didn't necessarily create this funky reality because when you're not in the moment, you might do something stupid or you yeah. might, you know, so then you screw things up. And so when, we, when we're when we living in the past, we screw something up in the present and then that can make the future worse. And then when we get to the future, we're thinking about the thing we screwed up yeah. instead of being in the moment. And then the cycle continues. It's a domino. Effect. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I just think that humans struggle with... Patience and uh, don't understand what it means to be present in the
0: world. It seems like we want to live everywhere other than the present. Right. You know, we want to plan our future. We want to hit these milestones. We look into the past and think about what we did and how we do it differently. And, you know, we play out all these scenarios that don't have... Don't really have much to do with what we're actually doing. Con, yeah, into in the moment. Yeah.
1: And like I said, the, the best future is probably in the productive use of the present. Yeah. You know, we're, I don't know, for some reason we're talking to our kids this morning um, about growing up and Redding was like, I want to grow up. She literally, <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to be old. and Yeah, I remember just that. Just had a little conversation where it's like, she's like, you know. She goes, How come it's that way? How come when you're young, you want to grow older? And then when you're older, you want to be younger. And it's like, because you don't know what you're going yeah. through when you're younger. Yeah. And you think you know what you're going through when you're younger. So you just want to get out of it and you're living somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that when we really cherish the present, then, um, that's everything that life is supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I like that. When the Israelites were wandering through the desert for 40 years mm-hmm. um, before being able to go into the promised land, mm-hmm. what effect do you think that had on that group of people, um, the waiting period that they experienced? I mean, it's really,
1: that. that's a... That's an intense question. I think you know, a whole generation didn't get to go in the promised land. They had to die.
0: Um, so there there's obviously a lot of generational stories being told. Mm-hmm. Do you think they were in favor of God, or do you think they had some kind of um, draw back to what they knew?
1: You mean draw back to Egypt? Yeah. Well, that was said, right? Some wanted to go back. Yeah. I think that it it would, you know, okay, for the people that maybe were born in the desert. Yeah. And then it's like you're 20 and you're like, how
0: long have we been here?
1: And then it's like your whole life has been in the desert, but your grandpa was, you know, he was a slave in Egypt and your dad went across the parted Red Sea and that guy, Moses, you know, he led him. I think like, I think it'd be tremendously confusing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I think one of the things I, I find to be profound and it's something that we miss is that a relationship with God is not always... Uh, especially in, in the conditions, the fall, sin, where trust, trust, ex, trust has to be built, and faith has to be built in God, simply because we don't have the fullness of the presence of God. Yeah. Now I know that might sound sacrilegious, because as you, as Christians, now we have the presence of the living God in us. But that that is not the Bible calls that a down payment, which is not to say that it's not fully God, but it's to say that it's not all that we're going to get. Because one day Jesus will come down, the throne, the kingdom, like it'll all be here. So trust has to exist in the midst of a world that's scary and dark and painful. And we're trying to listen to him and we're trying to do what he says, but we can't see him. But we see a pillar of fire and we see a pillar of smoke, and then there's the presence of God, and Moses talks about him, and his face looks different, and there's these stories, and then and then then there's your reality. And, 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 you know, in the book of Genesis, the, the nation of Israel has been named because of Jacob, right? Yeah. Who, um, you know, Jacob and Esau, Isaac, Jacob and Esau. And so Jacob is the story, right? He wrestles with God. So the name of Israel is those who wrestle with God. So pause for a second. It's like, that's the name of God's people. So what do I think it felt like? I think it felt like a wrestling match.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I, th- I think that
1: though, I, and, I, and, and I don't know about you, but even in, you know, I mean, Paul does all types of work in the New Testament to kind of talk about the mystery that, that is the church has been revealed, the Jews, the fulfillment of the scriptures, the anointed King, the Messiah, the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant and Abrahamic covenant, and all these things that come to fr- fullness in, in Christ. Um, but you know, the, the new Testament church, Paul is teaching them about trust and about growth and about how there's more to come, but they've got more than the Israelites had. And man, like I, I, I still wrestle with God. Like I and so I think I don't know and, and maybe that's like helpful for people. I, I don't, I don't think that all the fullness of what we're going to experience in Christ is here now. And some, you know, it's the every, it's the, it's the what's what are the you know already but not yet. You know, you have some, you have more than the Israelites had, but it's still not there. And I still find myself wrestling with God.
0: Well, as long as we're still subject to sin, we're still going to have these moments of missing the mark. It's hard for us to understand. Yeah. It's hard for us to understand all that's going on. Yeah.
1: So we get frustrated with God. But I think one of the beautiful things is when you are actually frustrated with God. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well, it's because you're wrestling with God. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's kind of like imagine playing Michael Jordan one-on-one. It's like, dude, I got to play Michael Jordan one-on-one. Like nobody asks like did you win?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like it's it's you didn't win. Yeah. But the win is that you, got, that to you got to be with do it. him. And so I I don't know, I feel like wrestling with God is part of intimacy with God and I feel like when we're intimate with God there's a piece that starts to um seep through the cracks and we get tastes of it yeah of the glory of God and then in one day we'll have a full a full meal yeah. literally a banquet
0: Um, So we were talking a little bit about this earlier. How likely is it that our cultural and technological shift toward uh, immediacy and immediate gratification is just happenstance versus an intentionally crafted device intended to separate us from um, God um, working in our lives?
1: I would say, you know, what the devil does is he lies and he manipulates the truth. He manipulates reality. And so I don't think that an expression of human ingenuity, whatever it may be, is intrinsically evil. But I think that humans are led by evil led by lies and therefore create things that have all types of manifestations and infestations of evil yeah because of their kind of inception and what they're designed for and so some of that stuff can be absolutely evil and bad and then some of that stuff can be something that has great potential for human flourishing and it can be um i'll say Uh, the word I'm looking for is kidnapped by the enemy for its own uses yeah so I always try to be really careful a lot of people don't like that the mix, the nuance you know and that's where legalism and all that stuff comes in where you just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, and movies are bad and technology is bad and it's all evil and so in order to get away from the evil in it you get away from the whole thing and the irony in that is that we can't do that with ourselves
0: yeah <laughs>
1: we think we can but even when we do that we have to we have to come to a place where we recognize the utter brokenness and need that we have in us yeah even if we kind of create a system of self-righteous by pushing away everything that we deem evil we can then invert and now become the evil because we've decided what's good and what's bad. And yeah.
0: Well, you'd ultimately have to push away everything.
1: You'd have to push away anything and everything yeah. almost. So, um, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I, I think I heard someone, when I was in Chicago this weekend, the kids like sleep in, we were staying in River North. It's like a really nice area right on the edge of the Gold Coast, which is like a nicer area. Yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to do a workout. <clears throat> and so I just like, like got on my phone, looked for like a workout place nearby. And there was a yoga studio and I used to do yoga, but I haven't done it in a long time. And there was a 7.30 class to drop in. And, you know, my back is sore and all the stuff. So I'm, like, I'm going to go do this. Just be stretching. Awesome. Yeah, nice. So you know you're in there doing yoga and you, and you're doing all the vinyasas or whatever they call it. And have you ever done yoga? Uh, very minimally. Well, <clears throat> I heard someone recently say that that yoga, you know, it has Eastern roots. Yeah. Buddhism is connected to it. I actually don't know much about its origins, but I I I heard someone say that when you get in those positions those physical positions that you're, you're basically like becoming a portal or a doorway for evil to enter into your life because those positions were crafted in some other, div- div, you know, deity's paradigm. And so it's basically like a doorway mm. to the, the, you know, whatever the yeah, evil effort that, okay. And I just, I think that's ridiculous yeah. because to me, it's like what came first, you know? I mean, it's it's no those positions were kidnapped by someone along the way and and brought a facade of a different god and so now we say these are that and i think god looks at stretching and put a weird evil demon's name on it doesn't mean that i didn't invent stretching yeah and health and well-being and all the qualities that are good that come from that and so um I, I I think that that type of nuance is important. I think it's important for us to understand that in the world there's pure evil but usually it's related to like, you know, someone's heart and someone's actions. Yeah. Evil. Hurting children. You, you just those types of horrific things. Just, that's evil. But even in the, the soldier who, you know, kills the child in World War II or you know, in Africa now. That's that's an image of God. That's been kidnapped by the devil. Yeah. Is there still something intrinsically beautiful about that murderer? A hundred percent there is. You know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> my mind just kind of No, that's good. Jumps around.
0: Um I wanted to ask if you had one thing, like one experience in your personal life that when you look back on it in retrospect, you acknowledge that you're thankful you waited on God's timing.
1: Yes. The short answer is one that just jumps to the front of my mind as a, as an obvious, you know, and quintessential example for my life is when, when I started the church, when the church was started, um, I went to Katie and I was like 26 or 27 and I had gone to different churches to work and wanted to be a part of a movement. And then I, you know, I really had time and prayer and, and believed that I was supposed to start my own church, church plant. And I was like 27, I think. And I went and told Katie and she was like, I see that. I agree with that. But I think you need to get your master's first and you should do it when you're 30. And so like the day that I believed I was supposed to start the church, I mean, you know me. I went to like at the time Staples Office Max. I bought this giant notepad and this easel and all these markers. And I started to create this vision and like flipping this chart and drawing all the stuff and all these phrases. And, and I was just like ready to go. I mean, and I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I'm sure I was like all, all jacked up on Mountain Dew and Katie came home and I'm like, you know, presenting this (laughs) thing. And she's like, that's good. But, I think you should do this. And I just, you know, it's like, it's funny, you know, I think at the time I was just like, okay, yeah, that's right. That sounds right. And the, the one thing that I struggle with on the verbiage of waiting for God's timing is I don't, I know that God interacts sovereignly into the world that we live in at times like he he invades and causes real change in the world but i don't believe that that's like what's happening when we use the phrase waiting on god's timing so i don't believe it's like something that's like well i i want to do this thing and then God's like, but my timing
0: is yeah. no yeah,
1: or not yet. I believe that that is just the way the world is. And we, we can call that God's timing, but I think what people think of is, is God's like, like when parents ask, you know, can we go now? I'm not ready to go yet. Like whatever, like he's yeah. up to something. I think there's a world that's been laid out and I'm not a deist and I know that God's intimately involved, but I believe he's involved in us and works through us. And he gives us the choice to understand the nature of reality and make decisions based upon the, the tools that he lays out in wisdom and in intellect and in timing. And so I don't believe that again, when we go, it's just not God's timing. I just think it's it's just not time. It's just not time yet. You know, it's like I want to get married. I want to find the girl or the guy and the Lord just hasn't. It's like or are you trying to find somebody? You know, have you what kind of people are you looking for? Like like because you could just go find somebody and get married.
0: Yeah, you, and do then it you can do the wrong say, way. And,
1: you can do it the wrong way yeah. and it could take less time. Yeah. But, you know, then you could be married and say, well, God, God did it, (laughs) you know? So I I don't, I just don't think that way. I actually think that in terms of uh, waiting, God does more waiting than we do. I think we make God wait. And he's kind of like, when are they going to figure this out? Yeah. And he's patient. And and the scriptures talk about that, you know, some count slowness or the the King James is slackness, but God is not slack concerning his promise, but is patient with you, not willing that any should suffer, but that all should come to repentance. And so God is kind of like waiting for us to kind of like figure it out. I don't think that it's like, we're kind of like, well, God, when are you going to do this? I think he's put it in front of us. And he's like, if you want a good marriage, then I've built into the fabric of the world that you live in the process that that takes. That's God's timing. Yeah. If you want it to do it God's way, it's not about just waiting for the right time. Hmm. Well, I'm just wait. I'm waiting for the right time. There's a process that's supposed to take place that's part of the way God designed the world. Yeah. So you become a good person, you grow in your intimacy with God, you, you know, and once you have kind of the boxes checked, like, you know whatever that is that you think God wants. I'm be a responsible citizen. Be married to someone who I'm equally, you know, kind of yoked with all the different stuff. Then it's like, well, God, there's God's timing. But if if you if you just decide to forego some of the things that God calls importance in in the face of you know in, in lieu or in search of expedience, and then it doesn't go well. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't God's timing. No, you sped it up too fast. You can't, you know, it's like the whole crop thing. It's, yeah, you can't do the work. It's got to, there's a work and there's a timing and there's a waiting. And waiting is part of a harvest.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it is part of it. So I don't think that farmers that know that the crop comes in September when they're done doing all the legwork. In, I don't know anything about farming, April, May, June. I don't know. I know there's a season of just waiting for the crop to come. Yeah. I don't think they're sitting around going, it's just not God's timing. I think they're sitting around going, this is the way it works. Yeah. You want a good, you want a good tomato, you want a good corn, you want a good whatever. Like this is how it works. And I think patience becomes almost, you're not, you don't have to, you're not struggling with. The future, when you understand that the future is only going to come as fast as it should, when you do things God's way. Yeah. So uh, that that may that may sound like there's not much difference, but I just I don't believe that it's like God is like I'm going to make you wait so you grow. I believe that if you don't wait and prepare yourself, you miss out on the fruit of what God has. Ordered the yeah. world to provide through the process. So it's more him waiting for us to understand how things work as opposed to us waiting for him to show up and deliver the fruit on our front doorstep. Yeah. That's my,
0: well, yeah, on it's, patience. it's being prepared for the opportunity mm-hmm. on the horizon. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: There's, there's there's a, a preparedness and
0: yeah this has been a great episode I agree uh, as I say all good podcasts must come to an end. <laughs> they do say that yeah <laughs> those I, people I've heard it uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify would you mind pressing a couple of buttons and giving us a five-star rating? John McCambridge is always flaunting around all his five star ratings. Come on. he walks by my office. Get this, and he just whispers five stars.
1: <laughs> do we have any ratings on this podcast? We yet? have a
0: handful. we need more a five star ratings? We have some five stars, yeah well, I mean, you know we're still we're still young. we're getting it, we're getting it we can't we can't be impatient well, and God's timing. and God, that's right.
1: if we do a good job, yeah. Then They'll, the five star ratings will come.
0: The buttons and even will if they be don't,
1: pressed. If we're supposed to do what we're doing and we're doing it God's way, we might yeah. not get a five star rating. I mean, ratings do I'm pretty don't sure really that Jesus matter, didn't but... get a five star rating from the Romans. No. So he got a few. You know, what you can do with your five star rating. <laughs> Just give it to us and be quiet. Yeah.
0: As always, we will be here next week to cover part two of Fall at 5:14 on the rest. Boom.